and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast, currently supported by Veredas and their UK distributor Zebra. And this is our first episode of 2022. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor at Horse and Hound. Well, it's Happy New Year and I hope you've had a great festive period, whether you were enjoying some downtime or it was business as usual looking after animals. And I hope you're looking forward to the new year. This first episode of 2022 is the final one of our three festive specials on the podcast, and I'm handing over to one of my colleagues to introduce our very special guest. Hi, I'm Jennifer Donald, Horse and Hounds show jumping editor, and I'm thrilled to be kicking off the new year with a very special guest. It's our very own Olympic show jumping champion, Ben Mayer, who has kindly found time in his hectic schedule to talk to us about the horses that have helped shape his outstanding career. Ben, Happy New Year and thank you for joining us. Not at all. Happy New Year to you as well, Jen. So Ben, let's start right back at the beginning and your first pony, Dougal. Um, Tell us about how you started riding and when Dougal came into your life. Well, my, my family weren't horse people at all, so uh, my mum rode a little bit um, just as a hobby at weekends, and uh, I got a Shetland pony, and me and my sister played around on the pony, and uh, it kind of all grew from there, really. Oh, brilliant. And what was he like? Was he one of these typical naughty little Shetlands? Did he teach you a lot along the way? Um, yeah, absolutely he was. I remember one time I think he bucked or he did something and I fell off there and he ran off and I got my foot caught in the stirrup actually and I think he dragged oh, me around the field and that wasn't so fun but no. um, yeah the good memories from the beginning. Yeah and I mean did you do anything as advanced as sort of gymkhanas and things on him or was that was he more sort of just uh, playing around at no, home No this, this one was a real genuine just a uh, Shetland pony and we went on to have a little bit bigger pony after that one that kind of taught me to ride and we did uh we did some pony club and um fancy dress Jim Carner and oh cool (laughs) uh, eventing a little bit I had a little bit of a go at eventing for a while and things like that Amazing. The second pony you've picked out on your list is Dusty Boy, who was a prolific 14-2 dumb pony, wasn't he? He took you to some great successes though along the way. He was, yes. Um, I was fortunate. I had uh, a few good ponies when I was younger, but Dusty Boy was uh, an older pony. I believe he was 16 when I got him. Um, He was quite strong. Uh, (laughs) Maybe not everybody's first choice, but it's what was available to us at the time. And uh, he ended up being an amazing, amazing pony. And um, we went on to ride the Pony European Championships and I believe... I have a bad memory now but won a gold medal back on the pony championship team many yeah. years ago fantastic and i mean did he sort of send you off in the right direction with you sort of attribute your career to having a good pony like that at that stage yeah definitely i think there's there's mixed opinion these days you know if you spend too long on ponies and now you have children on horses and that didn't exist back when i was riding the ponies um but it certainly did me a lot of good I, I have that competitive edge and uh, mm-hmm. it kind of gave me the bug to want to kind of finish school and and start to try and pursue a career in horses brilliant and then we move on to the horses and I guess you will have first come to prominence for many people when you won the 2005 Hickstead Derby with the lovely Alfredo um, you've got a lot to thank him for really don't you yeah absolutely he was um, he actually wasn't sort of as successful we'd hoped when we bought him i was uh, i spent a couple of years in switzerland riding for be it manly as a stable rider um and then i came back to england actually with alfredo 
and we just didn't seem to click uh, didn't have sort of that many good results but we found his niche uh, it was in the derby and the uh, the year before he won, he actually jumped clear with a time for His rider was just too slow. <laughs> um, and I believe he finished second that year. And then he went on the, the following year to win and definitely was a, a weekend that sort of started for me, really. It, it kind of gave me exposure. Um, I, I had a few horses offered to me to ride after that weekend and mm-hmm. really was kind of the start of our business. And just talk us through that round, um, the Hickstead Derby winning with him. I mean, what did it feel to hold that famous trophy and just um, the buzz you must have got riding a horse like that round there? Yeah, I mean, he, he was incredible for that because he was so brave. He was a very, very good vertical jumper. And Hickstead Derby was is mainly verticals. We'd done a lot of training leading up to the, that class, very sort of specialised class. And we was actually in a jump off that year with Tim Stockdale. Oh, yes. And that was a great memory for me obviously Tim unfortunately is not around with us anymore but um, we were both in the jump off I jumped to clear I wasn't so fast and he went after me and I believe had one down and and that was the end of the story really so um, yeah it was a great weekend uh, for me I I won the the speed derby that weekend as well and um, just really was the start of of many good things to come for me yeah definitely and you've got a an amazing photo i think at home of you flying off is it the hamburg derby bank with him as well uh yeah i have uh he <laughs> jumped off at the top of the hamburg derby bank with me he was a oh, little bit goodness. unsure of the hamburg derby bank and i had to give him a little bit of persuasion and he then decided <laughs> it was easier to jump from the top than slide oh. down which was not a nice feeling um but, uh, yeah, we were never ex- as successful in the Hamburg Derby as we were the Hickson Derby, but um, I prefer to do well at home. <laughs> and then the next horse you've got on your list is the beautiful Mare Roulette. And you actually you weren't actually together that long, relatively speaking, but she helped you achieve a significant milestone, didn't she, taking you to your first Olympic Games in Hong Kong in 2008. Um, tell us how it all started with her. Um, yeah, Roulette was, uh, Roulette come to me as a, at a time when I was questioning whether I wanted to stay fully in the sport. It was, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of a moment where I wasn't sure if I could find a way to sort of make it work as a job, uh, make mm-hmm. it pay and, and find my own way. And, uh, I actually started to look at other jobs to kind of carry on riding, but sort of be able to make money in, uh, in a different world if you like and potentially even have show jumping just as a hobby Gosh. and then roulette come along after a phone call i had and she got dropped off uh, one day at the stables and she was very hairy and <laughs> very nice natured and, and really just got sent to me as a nice horse and within 12 months we found ourselves at the olympic games it was wow. a crazy story and uh, she was sold shortly afterwards but yeah um was really a, a whirlwind for me those 12 to 14 months with her definitely and tell us about those olympics i mean she seemed to be in her element so so much of the way through those games yeah i was first my first olympics was Aww. dream come true i always dreamt to be able to go to an olympic games and i was very very young at the time uh, with the other riders i i think it was <laughs> nick nick skelton tim stockdale so i was very young and, absolutely um, baby. <laughs> Young and naive, that's sometimes an advantage. Um, yeah. And Rolette jumped, jumped amazing. We were, uh, we had a good team rounds and then mm-hmm. I was clear in the first round of the individual final and I went into the second round, different format back then. And unfortunately, 
after a couple of jumps, something went a little bit wrong with her uh, physically, mm-hmm. and and she kind of had a few jumps down, but was kind of very disappointing at the time because I felt that we actually had a chance there, albeit my first one, but it definitely helped give me experience for for more recent times. Sure. And um, yeah, you said that she was sold soon after. I mean, that's the nature of the sport sometimes, isn't it? But uh, you must have been gutted at the time. But it's, I mean, it teaches you a lot, I guess, doesn't it? It does. I think that without getting too deep, life events uh, make people who they are. And Mm -hmm. um, I did realize that there there is another horse that comes along. It might not always be better as as the first one um, or as good as the first one, sorry. But um, as a rider, if you want to stay in the big sport, the top sport, or, or, or at any level, you have to keep working, developing, keep trying to find new horses. And, and that's definitely what it taught me that the roulette did go, but I was able to put my head down and really start to think for the future and try to find my way back. Sure. And she's actually, she's producing some lovely foals over in America, I see. Have you ever been tempted to, to buy any of her foals? Um, I've seen a couple of them jumping now, time flies by actually and yeah. she were getting a bit older and she was a she was a great mare and she went to a, a, a big stud um there in america so mm-hmm. um the people that own roulette are very fortunate they don't really need to sell the the foals of oh, the youngsters yeah. so much so um it's just it's just nice to watch them develop and see where they can where they can come in the sport Absolutely. Um, and the, while all this was going on, I guess waiting in the wings, you must have been getting very excited about uh, a lovely youngster you'd actually bred yourself. And it's uh, the one and only Triple X. Um, Hugo, yeah. I th- Hugo, I think he was called at home, was he? He was. He's actually uh, back in the very, very early days when he was running around the field. Um, we kind of named him Hugo Boss. <laughs> and then I believe there was some problem with a different rider's horse at the time and they had to change his name because of be related to a brand. Oh, um, yeah. So we changed him to Triple X, but he kept the name Hugo in the stable. So Brilliant. <laughs> he is just a beautiful horse to look at and to handle. He was a little bit uh, difficult as a stallion when he was younger, um, but he really, we kind of knew each other inside out and to to breed a horse and to bring I was the first one I broke him in I did everything all the way through and uh, wow. it's very special um, probably well it may happen again but I tend I'm a bit older now I tend not to break the horses into much myself these days <laughs> so unlikely to happen like that again I guess yeah um, but at what point did you think okay this is something special or did you have the 2012 Olympics in your mind at that point or how early on did you think okay this could be a serious horse for me he was always a good horse. Um, when he was five and six years, seven years old, he jumped many, many clear rounds everywhere. Then we had a bit of a wobble sort of beginning of his nine-year-old year. He went through a very naughty stage, um, <laughs> just just kind of afraid of scary jumps and oh. sort of very uh, sort of stallion attitude, uh, not yeah. focusing on his job. And then sort of one week to the next, it just, I sort of stuck with it, persevered and uh, it just switched and then everything come good and then we started to plan. I, I think from eight years old, my plan was always to take him to the uh, to the London Olympics and mm-hmm. we made a careful plan to produce him over a couple of years and I was very fortunate to be on a, an incredible team there in London and, and to make that work. Absolutely. And tell us, what are the sort of standout memories of that day, that week? I mean, we're still getting some goosebumps thinking about those epic <laughs> celebrations and everything. But what was going on for it was, you? Uh, it was a crazy time. I, 
there's certain competitions, Olympics in particular, that I, I can only speak for myself, but I get very much in the zone and you, you don't really realize what's going on around you. You're just focused on one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and London was very much like that for me. So I don't really remember much <laughs> at all. Yeah. I remember there being a lot, lot of people watching um, and everything going to plan. And I remember some of the celebrations and things we had afterwards. Um, but we were very confident as a team going in to London. And um, I think working as a team as well made the difference. We won because we went as a team. Maybe we didn't have the best horse rider combinations all together at the same time, whatever, mm-hmm. but we, we genuinely believed and we worked together. And that was probably the best team environment, one of the best team environments I've ever been in. Brilliant. And what sort of made him so good, do you think, Triple X? I mean, he had such power when he jumped, but um, what was he like to ride? Uh, he was, from, from day one, when I broke him in, uh, I, the first time I sat on him in our indoor arena, I can remember it, we were able to canter around the school, and I think he went straight across the school and, and did a, a lead change to the other rein. He was oh, wow. so balanced. Yeah. Um, okay, maybe his head was a bit in the air and everything was kind of going in all different directions, but he was very naturally balanced. And I think that really, he, he obviously was a great jumper, but mm-hmm. he perhaps now having many more horses after him, he was maybe not the best jumper I've ever had, okay. but he was very trainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was very sort of smart to take guidance and, and you know, everything you taught him, he, he wanted to learn. And yeah. I think sometimes that's worth more than complete raw talent. So that's what made him. That's what made him great in the end. Brilliant. Um, and there were some other fantastic wins you had along the way, at so the King George and Olympia and things like that. What are the other standout moments you had with him? Yeah, it, I, to be honest, I've been very lucky. It's a long time ago now. I forgot about <laughs> yeah, the King George, but you. that's why he was so special. All his big moments come in England for me, which is always more meaningful to me. He was, was the first time I won the. The World Cup uh, qualifier in Olympia was with Triple X. Um, I've only won the I won the George, King George. The only time I've managed to win that was with Triple X. So, uh, and then London. So he he always loved jumping at home. Um, oh, he was successful in other places, but uh, some of my biggest first sort of biggest wins come with with him, and we had a very special bond. Amazing. Um, and actually, he went on, obviously, it wasn't sort of the best circumstances, but he went on to Tiffany Foster and she achieved some great things with him as well. That must have given you great satisfaction seeing that. It was. It was uh, honestly, sometimes with horses, it comes, I believe, sometimes it's good to make a change of rider with them. You know, we had mm. learned and done everything together since the day he was born. And um, there's always more things on the bucket list to do. But he went to Tiffany, was the perfect match um, for her. She loved him the bits from the day one, which was very uh, meaningful to me. And then he went on to carry her, carry her through to um, the next Olympic Games and won, I, I think she would still say to this day, probably the best horse that she's ever ridden. Yeah. And that was great for me because I think that very rewarding as a rider or to my team that we produced a horse that was great with us, but then also went on to be a great horse for another rider and he had a very very long career and that's also difficult to manage a horse over a sort of a top level for a sustained period of time so um, he's retired now in Belgium and and enjoying uh, hacking out in the forest life oh. and um, <laughs> we still keep in touch a lot and oh, he good. had a good uh, retirement there at Hickstead a few years back. 
yeah oh no he was a real special one i think he was yeah he had a big fan club as well he's uh, <laughs> a great one um and actually for a while then you had really two sort of super horses running alongside each other because you had uh, the stunning gray mare seller as well didn't you how did you and she team up so uh, shortly after the london olympics i was approached by jane clark um uh, at the time a new owner um for me but still still an owner of mine now of many of my horses and um seller was one of the horses that i inherited when i moved over to jane mm -hmm. and um yeah she was feisty but she was an incredible <laughs> mare i mean what sort of made her so good then what were her best characteristics would you say she was just a fighter she had so much attitude very very diff different from triple x uh mm -hmm. you could really sort of produce him have him very rideable very listening and whatever seller was kind of like a free spirit you kind of had oh. to if it was if, if she was in a good mood that day she was very hard to beat but equally she had some days where she just was not so happy um, <laughs> she wouldn't let me in the stable she'd always try and oh, kick no. <laughs> me uh, she tried to bite me when I walked past she still does now when I go to see her and nice. um but she was an in, she was an incredible incredibly talented uh horse very very careful and extremely fast not the most comfortable to ride I had oh, many, really? many many back issues oh. uh with her during during that time and shortly afterwards but um kind of felt like a little bit like a washing machine when you were on the canter <laughs> and she sometimes cross cantered but she really knew how to leave the jumps up yeah absolutely and I mean talking about her greatest wins I I will still say that jump off in London where you beat Nick Skelton and Big Star I think that's one of the best jump offs I've ever seen what was that like I mean you just absolutely flew across the arena there it was fantastic to watch yeah she was like I said when she was on form it was very, very hard to beat her. She really, she really fought and a good mare sort of fights for their rider and she was incredibly fast. Um, mm -hmm. You could kind of ride the jumps like they weren't, weren't there. So we were very fortunate to have many good wins. To be honest, we just missed out on a European individual gold. I had a small mistake in the last round. I mean, it's kind of sad because she deserved a title. She was really good enough to kind of hold an individual title like that. And yeah. I think she was ranked best horse in the world that year um and she was very very healthy and then unfortunately sort of one day to the next she she was we had to sort of stop the sport with her but it was just a shame we didn't get a few extra years with her yeah and actually one of the ones you missed out on was the world championships is that a medal you're still keen to win i've never ridden the world championships i've been selected two or three times now and every single time there's been a reason just before that we've we've not been able to compete so um hopefully next year we can turn that around definitely oh that's fingers crossed for that um and she's away breeding as well now is she seller um she is we still uh well, jane clark still owns her and she's breeding we have so many foals i can't tell you how many we have oh, um, wow. all, all by embryo transfer so yeah. she's she's kind of lives a happy life she's in the stable she goes out in the field every day and comes in and she still looks like she could go in the the ring to be honest <laughs> and we have the first one just arrived back home uh last week actually so um that one's being jumped under saddle now and we'll slowly start to see them come through over the next few years wow that is so exciting that's fantastic to hear <laughs> um more with ben mayer in just a minute 
The Horse and Hand podcast is currently supported by Veredas and their UK distributor Zebra. Wider, stronger, safer. The new frontier of absolute protection. Veredas has developed a concept of total protection by extending the gel and carbon protective surface from the flexor tendon to the fetlock, maintaining double ventilation and therefore ensuring an exceptional degree of breathability. So Ben, we come to the horse that we have all run out of superlatives to describe. It's the one and only explosion. Um, I mean, you've described him as everything from a natural born winner, a freak, and you'll never ride another like him. Is he? He's just a superstar. Did you always think he was world class or extraordinary even? Or is, is he surprised even you along the way? Uh, yeah, he absolutely has. I think that what I've learned is that we're always looking as riders for a superstar horse but I I think that's true I still am uh, always looking for the next horse but we need a horse that has all the attributes to be a great horse but it's really the development the upbringing the the connection that you have with these horses that make them who they are in the end and I think that's uh, what made explosion he was he was a great horse very well produced we bought him when he was seven years old Mm -hmm. and he always jumped clear uh, in the ring with his riders rider previous to us but it was hard, really hard to say at that point if somebody had a crystal ball where would he end up I don't think anybody I know one or two professional riders tried him and and didn't buy him so oh, wow um, <laughs> they're kicking themselves <laughs> yeah but he always he did always jump clear and he 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 jumped very well when we tried him and I think there's still probably a few people out there now that were surprised where he ended up but that's oh, okay. that's attitude he he wants to win and you can't teach that Wow, yeah. I mean, can you describe what it's like to ride him? Do you get a smile on your face every time you sit on him? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I rode him this morning. He's had, he's Every time you sit on him, just to work, he's, he's so big. People don't realize how big he is, but he is so sharp and light on his feet. And I think that's what makes him so special. And he's just a fun horse to, to ride and to work with. He's got such character, but easy at the same time. And, and really, it's just about keeping him fit and happy and um the kind of let him do his job yeah and i mean he's he's just sort of unique you've described he does sort of funny things when he jumps he bends his body in directions that you just you don't really sort of know what he's doing it's just amazing isn't he what he's capable of really yeah we try we try in um kind of the the smaller rounds and in training jumping very small at home to keep him a little bit more correct with his form um, try to get him to sort of relax and drop his head and jump sort of round over the jump. But when the big jumps come, you just pick up the, the canter and sort of point him where he's got to go. And he starts to sort of kick into another gear, even in Tokyo there and the jump off. He, he kind of hurdled himself over one of the jumps, I think yeah. third or fourth from last when I went very, very quick across the middle. I have a photo. He's, he's probably almost a meter over the jump in front he's a little bit tight behind because i don't think it would be possible to jump the fence um <laughs> how he was trying to do it but uh yeah. just just incredible um awareness of, of where his legs are and his body is and uh it's just uh, i can't explain that feeling <sighs> Um, you mentioned his character as well he's got quite a lot of funny traits I hear as well do you have sort of trouble getting on him you need a stepladder to get on him and things like that is that right yeah you can't so if it's very hot weather I can't put my jacket on on the way into the ring because he won't let me put a jacket on and off Uh, when I'm on him he will just 
run away. He doesn't like a rug on him while I'm riding him. Uh, and I need a stepladder. It's kind of embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> in, in Tokyo, for instance, Cormac has to walk in with a stepladder for me to to get on after the podium. It's not because I'm too old uh, yet. It's just <laughs> yeah. he will not let me get on from the floor. He's just very, very spatial aware, very sensitive. Mm-hmm. And um, he's always been like that since day one. That is so funny. I think the best ones always have those sort of quirks and characteristics, don't they? Makes makes them special. They do. But at the same time, he's also very friendly, always has his ears forward. He loves the attention and he's kind of does a trick if you kind of pour the floor. He also does it with the right, the same leg that you're doing it. And, oh, wow. Um, his, his owners, Charlotte and Pam, they, they love doing that with him. So uh, it's probably a bad trick to teach them, actually. But he's uh, <laughs> a very smart horse. He likes all the attention. And uh, I know Cormac, your groom, Cormac Kenny, he absolutely dotes on him, doesn't he? he likes, he's, I think he said he sticks his nose into everything. He's very nosy, inquisitive. He's got, uh, he's obviously a nice one to look after. Yeah, he's, uh, we're very lucky to be able to work with Explosion on a daily basis. And um, Cormac does an amazing job with him. I, I think I'm a strong believer that the people that look after the horses, uh, you know, I'm traveling a lot. I'm not able to spend every moment of every day um, with him and he knows his person is Cormac and I think that that helps keep these horses in a good frame of mind and confident and with with Explosion it's all about confidence and when I turn up to a show and he's pushing me around and being a little <laughs> bit rude almost <laughs> yeah. and uh, too nosy and whatever he's he's very full of himself that's when he jumps the best if he's kind of a bit quiet and at the back of the stable he's genuinely not not as confident in the ring and I think that these are small details that I try not to overlook. Yeah sure Um, and you mentioned that fantastic day in Tokyo when you won the Olympic gold what was sort of going through your head standing up on the podium all that hard work and everything that you put in with that horse and what he's achieved for you can you sort of sum that up? I honestly wish there was so many more things I could remember or what I (laughs) feel but you almost become I almost become numb numb to the feeling I didn't know uh, I, I remember being at the out the back in the warm-up trotting him around when the last couple were going in mm-hmm. and I kind of couldn't see the screen I didn't really know how fast they were going and then uh, not really an emotional person but it just um, sheer sort of joy and relief at the same time when when we found out that we had won I couldn't I couldn't believe it although I was very confident that I had a good horse and mm-hmm. uh, I was just so happy for the people that were around me um, there in Tokyo and all the people that couldn't be there. There was uh, many people that made that happen and they know who they are. So uh, I just felt that, um, like Seller, uh, you know, you only get a couple of chances at the very, very big moments and he deserved that moment and uh, you never know if you will get another chance. So, yeah, um, yeah, was very, very emotional and uh, (laughs) everything just happened so fast. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and are there any sort of goals and ambitions you want to achieve with him? Or has he sort of done everything you've expected and you've got to take it day by day from now on? Well, I think that, you know, obviously he's an incredible horse. I'm very, very lucky to to be able to ride him every day. But he's only 12 years old and he's won probably more Grand Prix than most horses will ever win in a lifetime. Um but he enjoys the sport. He loves it. And, and we have many more things. He's come very, very close in Arkham Grand Prix twice. Oh, yeah. Um, he's been close in Geneva Grand Prix. I've never taken him to Spruce Meadows. So there's, 
there's mm-hmm. so many more things in the sport to to show him um, yeah. and, and obviously the goal will be to try and get to Paris in three years time so we'll just we'll just make a careful plan like I have done for the past 18 months and really the focus right now is to try and build a sort of a bit more of a stronger team around him so that we can really pinpoint him at the right weekends and uh, and I can still try to stay at the top of the sport with his teammates yeah good plan um which actually leads us on to the next horse which is uh the penultimate li- horse on your list it's concona who's a lovely mare and i know you think a lot of her don't you she's a great mare um when she was nine years old she jumped a couple of big big grand prix she actually helped me to win the global champions tour that year in 2019 a couple of very important rounds and then unfortunately she had a little bit of an injury and then kind of covid came along and kind of had a few bad luck things with her but she's we've taken a lot of time this time and um have hopefully fingers crossed she stays strong and um she'll be coming through a bit next year lovely and um she's another mare on your list do you have a sort of preference mares geraldings stallions or do you just sort of take each horse as they come um i honestly treat every horse as an individual i i by choice prefer not stallions okay i just think it's uh I don't know, I just they can be very distracted. Um, but honestly, I've been very lucky to have geldings, mares and stallions. And uh, like I say, I treat them all differently. And yeah, I, I don't have a preference as, as long as they're kind of willing to work and they enjoy their job, then that's important for me. Yeah, sure. Um, and then we lead on to the final horse on your list. We're going to look to the future because it's the super talented uh, stallion now you've mentioned it, Stallion Point Break, who's rising eight this year. Um, there's been a real buzz about him. and You're very excited about his prospects, aren't you? Tell us about him. Yes, uh, very, very lucky. So the time flies by. We bought him, uh, Charlotte uh, Rosetta and Pamela Wright bought him just over a year ago now. And he was already very successful in Sweden. So he's Explosion's teammate, uh, team buddy now. And it's uh, kind of growing up fast. A year's flown by and now... One minute we're jumping me to 20 and then we're sort of thinking about two-star Grand Prix in February uh, oh, wow. now. So uh, he's just very, again, very advanced for his age and we've kind of kept him back some of the shows in Ark and he jumped two clear rounds in the Youngster Tour, but I didn't do the final. At the same in Hamburg, um, we're really there to sort of produce him to be a, a future horse and not over-pushing him. So mm-hmm. but he's very, very athletic, very talented just kind of need to kind of let the time go by really (laughs) he's ready to he's ready to jump bigger and we're just kind of holding ourselves back but there's never guarantees but it's he's definitely exciting uh, an exciting horse for the future and um, I have high hopes for him amazing and did you spot him out jumping or did he come to you on a recommendation or how did you you sort of team up with him I have I have many people looking all the time for horses and he was spotted by uh, somebody in Sweden um, mm-hmm. that, that helped me out and uh, was very lucky to be here. He wasn't sort of really for sale and the people sort of pushed and pushed and I got to go and try him and I kind of knew after five, six jumps, I said, mm. this horse is incredible. You know, at the time I was hoping for a, to look for a bit of an older horse, six years old as kind of like time seems so far away, <laughs> um, but he was so special. I was like, it doesn't matter. I'd rather wait. 12 months and have 
a really special horse and kind of try to fast track and and also I love doing the work with them uh, my best horses have been the ones that I've grown up with yeah and I mean are you able to sort of put the finger on his best traits what are his best characteristics would you say then his worst is that he's playful and he doesn't focus um <laughs> part part the stallion thing and part that he finds everything so easy oh gosh his best attributes I would guess is he's very athletic through his body and he's very fast and I think that's what will sort of carry he really does enjoy his job as well his he does buck a little bit and play after the <laughs> jump sometimes but again just just a very talented horse and as a, as a rider my job is just trying to tame him without taking without taking that sort of special character of, that he has away yeah and he's got an interesting breeding actually he's action breaker and balu de rue do you sort of look for particular pedigrees at all when you're looking at horses any particular stallions that you like yeah. particularly i don't honestly we just always look for the sort of the horses that would suit me action breakers was a great stallion and uh Bay is actually the same uh, mother side as explosion just by chance and yeah. explosion can have a play in a buck sometimes and <laughs> As kind of in that sort of side of the family but um, obviously if a horse comes up and it's got similar breeding to a horse that I've had success with in the past I look at it a little bit more but I, I'm not knowledgeable enough on the breeding side to actively look for certain certain lines. Yeah, no. Um, I'm sure there's inevitable comparisons with Explosion. Are they like chalk and cheese or are there sort of similarities between the two of them? Uh, I don't compare horses. Uh, <laughs> it's like comparing people. Everybody's different. I hope that Point Break could be 75% as successful as the Explosion, and that will make mm -hmm. him an incredible horse. Yeah. So, uh, they're very, very different in different ways, uh, talented in different ways, and, and mm -hmm. he has he can look to his older brother for a few tips, and oh. uh, hopefully he gets the good parts. Yeah, <laughs> I guess these are the really exciting times with their horse as well. When you've got the dream, you know, anything is possible. It must be a good, a good feeling. Yeah, it's, I mean, to ride him as well is very, very fun um, and, and very re rewarding. They learn and you, you sometimes have days when things don't go quite right and you have to go back and think about how to improve, even as good as he is. Mm -hmm. um, he still needs producing and uh, it's just a different, different side of the sport it's not obviously we're not winning grand prix uh yet but it's rewarding in different ways and him along with a couple of other horses i have ginger blue concona as backup mm -hmm. maybe for championships in the future we just have to make a careful plan and hope that he continues to sort of carry on in the way that he has in the past year yeah brilliant well, Ben, that's been a really fascinating insight. It's been a lovely tribute to hear all about these uh, wonderful horses. Is it quietly satisfying to sort of reflect on them all like that? Does it make you realise how fortunate you've been to have such a brilliant string of horses along the way? It does. Um, obviously, I'm very lucky. Some I have bred or owned uh, myself from the very beginning. Um, many of them uh, along the way, have, I've had huge support from owners and, and sponsors to, to keep them for me and, and keep keep giving me the chance to to ride their horses or, or produce the next one so mm -hmm. without those people it wouldn't be possible um but we do work hard we're always trying to be better i'm, I'm always trying to learn something new every day and, and keep pushing but i i do realize if i if i were to stop riding tomorrow i've been very very lucky to be able to ride the the horses that i have absolutely well we look forward to following your progress again this year you're in florida for the first few months is that right 
Uh, yeah, we start out in Florida. A lot of our business and customers are uh, there in Florida. Um, so we start out there. I probably will have a little bit of a quieter time on the sort of the bigger horses the first few months. The, the year always tends to work better for me if I don't sort of push too hard too soon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will be producing in Kokona a little bit and Point Break and some of our students and, and then uh, give Explosion maybe a little rest and then um, look forward to hopefully in a fun summer. Exciting, very exciting times indeed. Ben, it's been an absolute treat having you on the podcast this week. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Ben and to Jen for that fantastic insight into Ben's horses and career. Well, we'll be back with the normal podcast format from next week when our interview will be with Lauren Innes, Pika Amateur of the Year at the 2021 Horse and Hound Awards. We're also starting a new series with personal trainer Katie Bleakman, who'll kick off by talking about getting your exercise regime back on track after Christmas. We've had a great time with our trio of festive episodes on the Horse and Hound podcast, currently supported by Veradus and their UK distributor Zebra. Thanks for listening. Please do rate, review and share the podcast in your podcast app to help us spread the word. Talk next week. The Horse and Ham podcast is a Media Cage production.